0: Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tahila Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tahila Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera in Studio A, with none other than Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick.
1: Great to be here in Studio A. Of course, the only studio that we have, but it's nice to know that it is an A.
0: You know, Tom Postpacall, a member of our congregation, named this studio for us, Studio A. uh, He always gives us really good feedback. That's right. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, we do. We love Tom. Shout out to Tom Postbacall. That's right. And so he he listens to the podcast on his way to work at like 4 o'clock in the morning because he's much more... uh, Hard worker than maybe uh, some of us others that get ready and get out the door at like 10 a.m. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, But uh, some other stuff I wanted to say. Uh, Mason Clover was in our congregation this past Shabbat. Did a great job uh, leading worship for us and also uh, teaching a message. Uh, And really giving his testimony, what a great testimony he has, but I want to encourage all of you guys to look him up. If you guys don't know who Mason Clover is, he is a a, a musical artist and a pastor. Um, He's the operations manager uh, or operations director, something like that for Lion and Lamb Ministry. Uh, over there. Uh, Monty Judah, maybe a lot of people know who that is. Uh, and he's also one of the pastors at Hebraic Family Fellowship over there in Oklahoma. Um, so he's wearing a couple hats, but uh, you know, in this movement, he is a, a young, energetic uh, thought leader, and so I, I would encourage people to just look up Mason Clover, check out his music. He is actually here in Florida, still recording a... Uh, a couple tracks for his new album. So that's exciting too. We want to pray for him and uh and keep him in our thoughts and prayers while he is working on that. So another thing, man, we've got some cities in the U.S. that I did not even know were listening. We're always talking about all these other countries. Um uh, but we had a, a our our biggest listening area is Lakeland, Florida. So if you're in Lakeland, Florida, we greatly appreciate you. Obviously we've got Brandon uh which is where we're sitting right now and she's so got a, a lot of good listeners from from Brandon. Uh, but then we had a, a College Station, Texas. I mean, if you're in College Station, Texas, send me an email. I know that uh, uh, Rosie is from Spring, Texas, but I don't know about these. I mean, College Station, are a lot of people in College Station listening. Uh, we appreciate you and would love to, to hear from you. Who you guys are. Wake Forest, North Carolina, Dallas, Texas, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Sacramento, California, Hot Springs, Arkansas, Tucson, Arizona, Boise, Idaho, uh, Gallatin, Tennessee, uh, Kearney, Missouri, wellman uh iowa uh i mean just a a ton of different cities i mean all over the country and so if you're out there we want to hear from you want to know who you are want to know who's listening um, some feedback, maybe on the podcast and stuff like that, uh, just because it helps us, helps us get connected, uh, lets us know who you are. And uh, if you guys have prayer requests, or anything we can pray for you guys about, we would love to pray for you. Any questions you have about the tour portions or anything like that, we want to hear from you. So all of that kind of stuff. You guys know what we're into. If you're listening to us, um, this is episode 81. Oh my gosh, episode 81! I can't believe it. And we are gonna again, again, again. We are again going to be studying the Torah portion, and this week's Torah portion is Tetzaveh, which means you shall command, and it can be found in uh, Exodus chapter 27 and verse 20, and ending in chapter 30 and verse 10. Wow, that's a lot. I know, man, that's uh, a lot of We got a lot of cool stuff going on. Hey, you
1: guys got to remember something. The Torah is relevant for today, everyone. And we call it devotionals now. The Torah devotionals are Torah portions. <laughs> so we're literally all on the same page. That's the way we're sneak- so h- sneaking. Here are it the in. Jewish people with their Torah portions every Friday night. And we as Christians have the Torah now. And we actually have something in common. So once again, a little reminder in the book of Exodus, chapters one through eighteen, is about deliverance. Chapters 19 through 40 is about worship. Little foundation here. We uh, we know that God started building the <clears throat> Tabernacle of Moses from the inside out. We start with the first piece of furniture, which is the Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat, Uh, and that's, of course, uh, made of gold. And, of course, we go into the next piece of furniture, uh, furniture piece number two, the Table of Showbread, overlaid with gold as well. Uh, Of course, the Ark is found in the Holy of Holies. In the inner court, we have the Table of Showbread. The third piece of furniture that we have already talked about or discussed is the menorah, Made out of one talent of gold, because gold is gold. It represents deity. It's, once again, another piece of furniture in the inner court. And then, of course, we have, last but not least, uh, we've covered the brazen altar, or the burnt altar, altar of burnt offering. Made out of Brass. Copper. So anyway, we have those four pieces of furniture, uh, and we're going to continue to discover two more pieces of furniture in the future here. I do believe in this particular portion, we will get into the golden altar or the altar of incense, and then we'll go from there. So we're going to have Ryan read, because we believe in the public reading of scriptures. Remember, whatever you speak comes towards you. Whatever you hear, you repeat. Whatever you write down comes to pass. These are just three principles for all of you to know. Whatever you hear, you'll repeat. Whatever you speak comes towards you. And, of course, whatever you write down comes to pass. A little, little cue for you. If you want to lose weight or get out of debt, write it on a piece of paper. Date it. Put it on your fridge. Look at it. Write it down. You know, We, uh, we here at Bait Heal have written down that we are believing that our building will be paid off. And I do believe we owe just over $600,000 for our beautiful building here, our sanctuary. So we're believing that we're going to pay that off. We're speaking it, writing it down. Now that you've heard it, please repeat that. So once again, that's what we're working on. Very important uh, principles. So we're going to get into the uh, servicing of the menorah and the high priest's clothing. And once again, Ryan is going to be reading Exodus chapter 27, verse 20, all the way through chapter 28 in verse 12. Give us uh, the whole uh,
0: beginning of this. Tetsuvai you shall command. All right, let's do it. 14 verses. And thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring the pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always in the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil, which is before the testimony. Aaron and his sons shall order it from evening to morning before the Lord. It shall be a statute forever unto their generations on behalf of the children of Israel." And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the Spirit of wisdom, "...that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make a breastplate, and an ephod, and a robe, and a broidered coat, a miter, and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And they shall take gold, and blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen... And they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue, and of purple, of scarlet, and fine twined linen, and cunning work. It shall have the two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof, and so it shall be joined together. And the curious girdle of the ephod which is upon it shall be of the same according to the work thereof, even of gold, of blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twined linen. And thou shalt make uh, thou shalt take two onyx stones and engrave on them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on one stone, and the other six names of the rest of the on the other stone, according to their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, shalt thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold. And, t- and thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel, and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon the two shoulders for a memorial. Awesome. Well, let's kick off with the fact that uh, we have a piece of
1: furniture here, uh, the menorah, uh, which is, of course, in the inner court, and it's made of a solid piece of gold. We know that the uh, personal pronoun his is used as well to describe the menorah. That's a picture of the Holy Spirit, everyone. You know, the seven branches, the seven spirits of God. We talked about all of this, but here's the, uh, the cool thing about this menorah. It's kind of like with the Holy Spirit, you know, we need to service the menorah. It's, uh, of course, uh, only pure beaten olive oil could be used for the menorah. Only pure beaten olive oil could be used for the menorah. Uh, the menorah was to burn continually. So uh, this was the only way that you would have light in this inner court when you go behind the curtain. And you have the outer court where the altar is, of course, the uh, brazen altar and the laver. But you pull the curtain back, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's five pillars there. You go in there, and uh, there's the menorah. And the priests were to service the menorah from evening to morning. And uh, they actually used the, uh, for wicks, they used priest clothing. Uh, for the wicks. And so they would service it every morning and every evening. And, um, and once again, uh, the light would shine in the inner court. Once again, a picture of the Holy Spirit, everyone. Uh, actually, the menorah is the state symbol of Israel. Uh, it's not the Star of David. That's a symbol used to describe the Jewish people or whatever. But the bottom line is that the state symbol of Israel is the menorah. And uh, we know that we can actually even find the menorah in the book of Zechariah, and in the book of Revelation. Actually, the seven churches represent the menorah. So guess what? If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you have another spirit. So once again, it's about servicing the menorah. You know, we can quench and grieve the Holy Spirit. Just like in that menorah, we could, it could be extinguished. You know, I know that uh, one of the churches was told in Revelation, and we're not going to go there. But you know, if you don't change your ways, you know, I'm going to take the candlestick out of your midst. Mm. Uh, that means you're not going to have divine intervention or guidance. The light, you're not going to have the light. I tell you, in the Hebrews, the Christian faith movement, we need divine guidance, right? We've got the promises, which is a divine assurance of good. And of course, the the comforter is the Holy Spirit, the paracletos. So once again, we we need to follow that. So once again, we're going to be going into the uh, six garments that were made for Aaron. Uh, Of course, he represents the high priest. He's going to have the breastplate, the ephod, the robe, the broidered coat, the miter and the girdle. So once again, six garments that made up uh, Aaron's uh, clothing attire.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we read this, uh, and uh, just here in chapter 28, where we talk about all of the different pieces and, and whatnot, uh, a lot of people compare this, and you'll see, you know, uh, drawings of like a Roman guard uh, where, or a Roman soldier wearing his armor and that this is representing that. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of people within the Hebrews movement will say, absolutely not, that's not the case. Um, I would venture just to disagree that it can be that, and it can also be the priest's garments. Very good. Um, I think that what's cool about that is, you know, when when Paul is writing that letter about putting on the whole armor of God, which I'm going to read that section here in just a second in Ephesians 6... um, You know, he's talking to uh, the Ephesians, and this is a group of Gentiles that would have understood very well... Greek mythology. Greek mythology, they would have understood very well the Romans and what they looked like and their armor and all of those things. They may not have quite understood, uh, you know, the Hebrew uh, perspective of the, the temple and the high priest, and his garments, and so on and so forth, but they would learn, and so um, here, real quick, I just want to read uh, Ephesians 6, chapter, or chapter 6, verses 10 uh, through 18, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, and in the power of his might, Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So this is what we're up against, right? I mean, that's a lot of stuff to wrestle. And then in verse 10 it says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So this is an awesome section where he's talking about the Spirit of God, putting on the Spirit of God. And what's cool is he he takes each garment that you would wear, and he gives it some sort of a, a represent, representation in the spirit realm. Well, that's the exact same thing that we're doing here with the garments for... The uh, high priest, the breastplate of righteousness, the ephod, the robe, the embroidered coat, the miter. Think about the miter. The miter is gold, and it's uh, engraved with the words, holiness unto the Lord. This is the helmet of salvation. There's just no doubt about that. The headgear, that. yeah. Right. And so uh, it just it's a cool little comparison that we can do between uh, either the Roman soldier and putting on armor to go into battle, spiritual battle, and then also to look back and say, wait, this is not new. This comes from the high priest. The high priest had a breastplate. The high priest had, a, you know, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. The high priest had, you know, the mitre, the helmet of salvation, and all of these things. So just a cool little comparison that you can do, and it's a great study. Uh, I'm not going to go too much more into this uh, today, but I want you guys to just look at the, the two there, uh, the two comparisons between this, the garments for the high priest that were used on Yom Kippur when he went into the Holy of Holies to atone for the sins of all the world, and then uh, the spiritual battle that we go into and these garments that we can put on the whole armor of God. That's
1: right. And, and, and as Christians, if we can't find Jesus in the Old Testament or the Torah, then we, should, we shouldn't even be doing this podcast, right? I mean, we, we should be able to find Yeshua Jesus in the Torah because He is the Torah. So continuing on, uh, of course, the names of the children of Israel were to be engraved on the two onyx stones. Two onyx stones, the names of the children of Israel were to be engraved on them. Uh, Six names were to be put on each stone. So if you look at a picture, you can see on the left shoulder and the right shoulder, the six names of the children of Israel on each side, which gives you a total of 12. And of course, in Exodus chapter 28, verse 12, it tells us, And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for the stones of memorial unto the children of Israel, and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. You know, it's interesting, if you look at the land of Israel, geographically speaking, uh, you have this city called Shechem, which means on the shoulders of. And, uh, of course, we know we have the Mount of Blessing and the Mount of Cursing, where it was proclaimed, and I was just reminded uh, not too long ago, I do believe by Zach Waller, that, you know, the Mount Evil is not cursed. It's just where the cursings were pronounced, but it's not a cursed place. So, once again, this is where you get, you know... um, you know, the devil on your shoulder on one side, devil on your, or the angel on on your other shoulder. And you say that, well, the devil made me do it. You know, this is where you get the Shechem on the shoulders of. This is playing out the blessing and the curse. It's kind of interesting. That is interesting. Uh, So once again, Shechem means on the shoulders of, and uh, it's really interesting. So as we begin to look at this high priest attire, uh, there's a reason for everything. We have, of course, going into now the breastplate of judgment. Uh, Exodus chapter 28, verses 15 through 30. And of course, the breastplate of judgment was was on the chest of Aaron. And uh, it was a breastplate made of gold, blue, purple, scarlet, and fine twined linen. Uh, Of course, the 12 stones found in the breastplate are the sardius, topaz, carbuncle, emerald, sapphire, diamond, ligure, agate, amethyst, beryl, onyx, and jasper. You know what's interesting is, remember the old, uh, hey, what's your birthstone? Oh, yeah. You know, all these like little counterfeits, thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, what's your birthstone, you know? I was born in May. What's your zodiac sign? Yeah. Oh, I'm Taurus, you know? And then, of course, uh, it's kind of interesting, Uh, you know, I think the 12 tribes is the original 12, and then, of course, what did Yeshua do? picks 12 disciples. So I only say that because there's the Chinese New Year that just kicked off, and we are currently in the year of the pig. Oh, Ooh, yeah, the boar. Yeah, awesome. So, uh, you know... Boar they, has they, a, they have, a better they, ring than pig. Well, you know, it's like the Chinese zodiac. They have animals that represent each, each month. So like my wife and I, we were like sheep. Thank God, huh? Or whatever. But you could be a dragon, a snake. And I'm, I'm a, only bringing I'm tiger. this up... Because I love humanities. I love to study culture. But once again, it's all counterfeit. And if God's going to put all this emphasis on this high priest and his attire, I mean, six tribes on left shoulder, six tribes on the right shoulder, the breastplate of judgment with these 12 beautiful stones. Wow. Cause it says and the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, 12, according to their names, right? Like the engravings of a signet, everyone with his name shall they be according to the
0: 12 tribes and it does Exodus say chapter also, 28, verse 21. It says right before that in the, in the right verse right above it uh, that it'll be in birth order as well. So by their birth order.
1: Yeah, and that's the mystery, you know. Okay, do you start right to left? Do you have it up and down, left and right? Well, you know? I think
0: you could take the list. I mean, yeah, you're right about where it's going to be placed on the actual ephah, but I think you can take the list and say, you know, oldest to youngest. So you'd go room city. Levi. That and would be, be an interesting little And then uh, the theory. emerald yeah. would then be Judah, and then the right. onyx would be Joseph. Not that we're into... No, I mean, that's anything. a whole nother study. You could yeah. go into that, yeah, yeah for sure, yeah, at
1: another time. <laughs> so, and what maybe. part of Aaron's body was he to bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment, right? His heart, his heart. Wow, verse 29. Exodus 28, verse 20, in his heart. And now it's going to get very interesting. So, now we have this attire, we have these beautiful stones, uh, the breastplate of judgment here. We have, of course, on his left and right shoulders. This beautiful stones with six uh, tribes each located on there, and uh, now we have in Exodus twenty eight thirty this incredible mystery.
0: The hidden thing.
1: Right? Oh, the hidden thing! It says, "And thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually." Mm. Exodus 28:30 once again this this is going into now the little pocket on the inside, these two stones. I would say that this is divine decision making. Mm. divine decision making. So you could reach into the pouch and supposedly they would light up or do something. It's still a mystery, but yeah, but it's a fascinating so study. so
0: from a, from just reading the scriptures you you don't really figure out what is Urim and Thummim, right? But we've got traditional things that say this is what it is, or this the is sages what it is, share and, and different things. And yeah. we're probably not going to get too much into that oh, uh, no, we're today. Not. But just know that you can, you can really jump into a, an in depth study of what people think it is and what it's used for, and, and then take a rabbit trail from there probably like 10 rabbit trails. From well, if field. you think about it, you know, if God had the high priest and the priesthood,
1: you know, you didn't need a king. And so the, the high priest, you know, there was a standard, you know. And so he would have to have an answer from the Lord. Right. He would have to render a judgment, because judgment begins with the house of God. It begins with this breastplate. It begins with all of us that even that are even grafted in, you know. Um, like I said, I got my DNA back, and not not 1%, not half a percent of, of, a, of, of Jewish DNA at all, you yeah. know. And I don't know how many generations they go back, but, but it's an interesting thought. So all I'm saying is that... God put so much into this that it's interesting, you know, divine decision-making. So so what happens? So the people cry out later on, Ryan, for a king. They wanted a king like the nations. And so he gave them a king. He said, well, this king is going to have to have his own Torah. He's going to have to have Torah. So look at the Israeli government today. It's not Torah-based. So, you know, once again, we can see where... Yeah. God's kingdom is broken. They it, don't have a king either. His divine order is broken. Yeah, it's a it's a parliament. You know, but anyway, I'm only sharing this because here's the thing, everyone. We're in a position now where it well, the priesthood was bad and then you get a king. Well, if the king's bad and the priesthood is bad, what is God going to do? He can't use the Urim and Thummim. He's going to have to bring a prophet. That's right. And that's the thing that I'm seeing today. How do we avoid the false prophets through God's word and by his holy spirit? You know, and so if people are proclaiming stuff that's not scriptural, or it, it's the law's been done away with, or whatever, you know, they're they're false prophets. I mean, just think about it. So we have divine d- decision making here uh, built into the high priest, and so we move on to, of course, the robe of the ephod was blue. The hem of the blue robe consisted of golden bells, and pomegranates. You know, and of course, a pomegranate is very interesting. It's an antioxidant. You can drink pomegranate juice and It helps to to clean you out. It's an antioxidant. And, uh, of course, the golden bells is very interesting. It made noise when he would walk. You would hear him when he was walking, the high priest, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And, of course, once again, the people were going to be able to hear Aaron when he ministered in the holy place. Uh, It's interesting, when you look at the the high priest, he could work anywhere in the tabernacle or the temple. He had that capability or that power. Uh, He wasn't limited to just one little section or just the labor, you know. He was able to go uh, to different places. Of course, once again, holiness to the Lord was written on the gold plate placed on the forehead of Aaron,
0: which is Kadosh Le Hashem or Yahweh.
1: Holiness to the Lord. You know, wow. We talk about a representative and a nameplate to, to, to go with it. So as we, as we conclude this part of it with the high priest and his attire, I would like to say that, uh, Yeshua is our high priest. Amen. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to share with you that he's preeminent. Uh, once again, this is a part of the newsletter for the month of, uh, let's see, I want to say for the month of uh, February. But I want to read Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And this is what it says, everyone, you know, when you think life is hard and you're really down on yourself and you think, well, you know, I'm not. it's not fair and all these other things. I want to read this to you. It just really humbled me uh, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Listen up, everyone. Listen up. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Verse 10. For it became him for whom... Are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Wow. Think about it. Was made little lower than the angels, should taste death for every man, and he's the captain of their salvation, perfect through sufferings. Wow. You that know, is awesome. You know, five months been out of my home. Just getting bent out of shape and everything, and now it's like, you know, seeing this, Ryan, puts it in a perspective.
0: It does, and you know what? Uh, Just two chapters later in the book of Hebrews, um, it it says this, and starting from 12 through verse 16, it says, "...for the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than uh, any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart." Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give account. And who is that? Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not uh, have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And that's what
1: He's doing at the right hand of the Father right now. He is, he is making intercession for us. That's right. And He is the great high priest, you know. So as we go on, we can see that uh, four things were made for Aaron's sons to wear. They were the coats, girdles, uh, bonnets, and linen breeches. Uh, this is very interesting, the priestly dress code. So we have the high priest wearing his outfit. We have, of course, the uh, Aaron's sons wearing their outfits of coats, girdles, bonnets, and linen breeches. And uh, just a reminder, everyone, if, if you'll look in Leviticus chapters 13 and 14, three things that can be contaminated. Three things that can be contaminated. Number one, skin. Number two, clothing. Number three, Homes, So, these are three areas of contamination. So, think about it. Your skin, your clothing, and your homes could be contaminated. So, God has actually created a dress code. You know, I, we have a, a question here to discuss in our small groups every Monday. If the priest had to wear special clothing, Ryan... What should we wear for our public assemblies? Mm. What, what's your take on that? What, what do you think as far as like attending a, a church service? I mean, do you think you should wear like a tank top and flip-flops and come as you are? I mean, what, what's your take on it? I mean, if we look at a principle, I'm not talking about a three-piece suit and tie, but don't you think that you should be properly dressed to come to the presence of
0: God, at least, and be with others that do likewise? I mean, that's my take on it. Sure. Well, so I have a couple thoughts. I um, You know, I like to systematically look at these types of questions and think about them. So if what I'm wearing is supposed to be uh, different because it's set apart, it's my Sabbath wear, right? Then maybe if I'm an attorney uh, and I wear a suit and tie every day, maybe I should come to church in shorts and flip-flops because it's my set-apart clothing. But then I throw a little caveat on there. But shouldn't we be taking it up a level for the Lord, right? So if we're going to separate something out, shouldn't we step it up? not step it down, right? Shouldn't we give the Lord our best, not our least in that, in that you scenario? Know, that,
1: that's a good point, you know. And like I said, you know... Um, I gave you more than you We wanted. have a little bit of a dress code here, but I mean, n- not too strict, but, but good enough, you know. Um, you don't want to be a clothing terrorist. Uh, I'm just reminded as a, as a little example, uh, how about this sign? No shirt, no shoes, no service. No service. Wow. Is that that's probably discrimination today. I don't know. No shirt, no shoes, no service. Wow. Just think if God did that. You're not properly dressed. I'm not showing up. I don't know. Um, interesting. I, I read a, uh, I'm a, I'm a voracious reader. I like to read biographies and different things, but uh, I did read a, a memoir by Phil Collins that was very interesting. He was talking about, he tried to go to this restaurant and get into this, I guess it was a country club or a club or something. It was a nice restaurant. <laughs> and of course they wouldn't let him in. Because he didn't have a jacket. So, so um, he had to borrow a jacket from one of his friends. It was kind of bizarre, crazy, like colors on it and everything. He's just being like a smart aleck, you know. And so he wore this jacket so he was able to go in. But he, he titled his, his album uh, that came out January 25th, 1985. Uh, he, he, he titled this album, No Jacket Required, out of spite, just because of that. <laughs> He's like, this is my album. No jacket required. Man. Because it, it, at one point, he was, you know, he was dissed. You know, he had to take on a rejection there. Yeah, he's no, like, do he you know, goes, know who Phil I am? Collins. He's like, I'm Phil Collins. I'm Phil Collins. I'll play the drums for you. No, he Man. goes, the guy wouldn't let him in. Yeah. So he went and got this bizarre wild jacket to wear. And, uh, and of course, he got it. Just a funny story. It's relevant, right? I don't and, know. And uh, so we, we get into this clothing and everything. Don't shake your head at me, Ryan. <laughs> you, I want to say you're a millennial, but. I am a millennial. Okay, you are a millennial. I don't I want to go into the ages of that. Uh, but hey, how about Ryan reading uh, the dedication of Aaron and his sons now that we get past the clothing, Exodus chapter 29, verses 1 through 9. Just a little taste here, all, all right. the dedication of Aaron and his sons as they're kicking off the, the grand opening of the tabernacle here.
0: Oh, yeah. There will be uh, lots of celebrations. Alright, here we go. It says, And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread and cakes unleavened, tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened and wafers unleavened anointed with oil, of wheat and flour shalt thou make them. And thou shalt put them into one basket, and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring into the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water and shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron's coat the robe and the ephod and the ephod of the breastplate and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod and thou shalt put the mitre upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitre. Then shalt thou take the anointing oil, and pour upon his head, and anoint him. And thou shalt bring his sons, and put coats upon them. And thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them. And the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute. And thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons.
1: Wow, that's awesome. So here we have, uh, we're going to wash them with water. This is what happens. This is what happened to Aaron and his sons when they were brought to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. They washed them with water. And, of course, uh, anointing oil was to be poured upon Aaron's head. Uh, And for a sin offering, a bullock was offered for Aaron and his sons. Notice that they're priests. They're representing the kingdom of God. They represent the tabernacle of the people of Israel, right? They're the spokesmen to teach the Torah and everything and and lay the case out for the people. And, of course, uh, they had to have a sin offering. Uh, And then, of course, the first ram was offered up for Aaron and his sons for a burnt offering. This is an offering that is totally consumed. We're going to get into that in the book of Leviticus. So we have the first ram was offered uh, up for Aaron and his sons for a burnt offering. But now we have a second ram was offered up for Aaron and his sons for a consecration offering. Once again, the first ram and the second ram. So here's this process, this ceremony going on. Uh, for a rite of passage, which is really interesting, you know, because remember now, this is what's interesting. Not only is this pattern in heaven, but the protocol too. So when we start saying things like, oh, well, you know, that's the Old Testament, that's back then, you're forgetting the principle that God is laying out here. You know, just like when you're ordained or when you do a processional or doing something for the Lord, it's done in an order because order is the accurate arrangement of things. So now all of a sudden, you don't, you don't just slip in and slep out. There's a process, a procedure, there's protocol here. And if we really, really study and look at it in a maturity, in a total maturity, uh, you will get something out of it. And so we can see where we have a bullock for a sin offering, uh, two rams are offered. <clears throat> and of course, we know that, uh, that this is being played out right now. Um, and then, of course, we're going to go into the three body parts uh, where the blood of the second ram was applied to. They are the tip of the right ear, number one. Number two, on the thumb of the right hand. And number three, on the great toe of their right foot. So now all of a sudden we have these sacrifices. We take the blood from the second ram. We put it on the tip of the right ear, on the thumb of the right hand, and on the great toe of their right foot. So here's the question, Ryan, for a discussion. Why did God pick the three body parts that he did to apply the blood and anointing oil on Aaron Aaron? And his sons. Why did God pick the three body parts?
0: I think we're anointing the ear to be able to listen to the word of God. That's right? good for hearing and to hear it. It's one of your senses. The thumb of the right hand, so that if you've listened to the word of God, then you will then take the actions and do with your hands the things that He has asked grab you the to things do. you Need to grab. Yeah, do what you got to do. And the right foot of the or the right, the great toe of the right foot, uh, I believe, is anointed. Because when you're listening to God and you're doing what He says to do, you're also going to have to go where He tells you to go. That's and, good. And so that's my interpretation. Be at the
1: right place at the right time, everyone. Think about it.
0: Yep. Remember, whatever you hear, you
1: repeat. Mm. So this is why, you know, people kind of razz me about all my PowerPoints. And I was just, I really went to the Lord about it. And uh, what it was is it was mostly verses. You know, it wasn't my opinion or my thought. Uh, it's mostly verses. So what happens is we're publicly reading the scriptures out loud, and that's why you'll have more more than enough PowerPoints in that regard. we got so much catching up to do, everyone. Everyone knows this that's listening to the podcast, I believe, that, you know, the church kind of skipped Mount Sinai for whatever reason. It happened that way. But now God's like saying, I need you to go back to Torah school. I need you to go back to Mount Sinai University and get the teachings and instructions and apply them uh, in the fact that they're relevant for today. So, once again, the ear for hearing, the thumb for grabbing, or, and then, of course, the toe for walking or going places. Uh, it took uh, seven days to consecrate Aaron and his sons. It took, uh, actually, seven days. And in Exodus chapter 29, verse 36, it tells us, And thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for atonement. And thou shalt cleanse the altar when thou hast made an atonement for it. Thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. So not only are their sins going to be forgiven. Think about this. Their sins are going to be forgiven, right, because they have a sin offering. And then, of course, it makes atonement for it. This is going to cleanse the altar. It's like uh, you're dedicating the altar now for the service of the people. But in order to do that, there had to be a sin offering uh, for that to make an atonement. And of course, this would what? Set apart this particular piece of furniture, which is the brazen altar. Now, whatever touches the altar is going to be holy. Remember that. Whatever touches the altar will be holy. Uh, you'll see in the Bible where there was a couple cases where, uh, uh, I guess it was. Uh, I guess you can look and see where Joab, the nephew of King David, grabbed the horns of the altar to try to to be holy or to find a refuge or a a pardon. But he was taken off the altar and, of course, killed for his sins, for his sin of murder. So he wasn't justified for that. He was actually, uh, there was retribution there, uh, a payback, because... He had shed innocent blood. He had killed people and murdered them. So therefore, he can't grab the altar, you know, and and be declared innocent in those charges. Uh, You'll also see uh, where someone grabbed the horns of the altar was uh, Solomon's uh, brother, one of his brothers. Um, And of course, he grabbed the horns of the altar and then he was excused. He was pardoned because you know uh, he was up to some hanky-panky mischief going on there, but Solomon gave him a second chance. Then after that, I guess the, the brother had crossed a line, went to go grab the altar again, and he was, of course, not pardoned. He was murdered, and Solomon was put into uh, position as king. Uh, of course, we have, of course, uh, uh, lambs to be offered up each day uh, in the uh, tabernacle. There was... Uh, a total of two, uh, one in the morning and one in the evening, a lamb would be offered up. That's protocol, okay?
0: Now this is every day, like each, every day, every day. Or each day of the consecration? This is this would be every day. Wow. Yeah,
1: every day this would happen. It's um, a lot of lambs. Absolutely, you know, and I know there's a, there's a ceremony there, but if you look at it, yeah, so there was a lamb offered up in the morning and then one in the evening, um, as far as that goes for the children of Israel. In uh, Exodus chapter 29, verse uh, 43 says, And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Wow. Make it according to the pattern. He will show up. Amen. And that's what we want to do at Beit Tehillah. Put everything in place. Put everything in order. Do our spiritual exercises, and God is showing up. Amen. So as we conclude this particular Torah portion, we're excited to announce this fifth piece of furniture, the altar of incense, the the golden altar, everyone. Oh, this is awesome. And uh, Ryan is going to be reading uh, Exodus, I do believe it's chapter 30, verses 1 through 10, the altar of incense, the golden altar, folks. All right,
0: strap in your seatbelts. Located in the
1: inner court. This is awesome.
0: And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon of sheatim wood, shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be the same. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold. The top thereof and the sides thereof round about, and the horns thereof thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about. And two golden rings shalt thou make to it under the crown of it. By the two corners thereof, upon the two sides of it shalt thou make it, and they shall be for places for the staves to bear it withal. And thou shalt make the staves of sheatim wood and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the Ark of the Testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the Testimony, where I will meet with thee. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When he dresseth the lamp, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once in a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. Wow. So let's check out this altar of incense, the fifth piece of furniture that was made. Once again, the
1: first one was the Ark of the Covenant. Number two, the table of showbread. Number three, the menorah. Number four, the brazen altar or the altar of burnt offering. And now we are at the golden altar or the altar of incense. Number five, a total of six pieces of furniture. We'll be discussing the labor next week. So let's look at this altar of incense that's made of sheatim wood has four horns, a crown all the way around it, and overlaid with pure gold. Once again, a crown all the way around it, overlaid with pure gold. It's located in the inner court, right in front of that, of course, Holy of Holies before the curtain, where the ark would be on the other side. Uh, And, of course, it had staves, so it could be carried. It's located before the veil. That is the Ark of the Testimony, once again. And then, of course, we have the altar was to burn incense in the morning and evening perpetually. The four things that were forbidden to place on the altar of incense was no strange incense, no burnt sacrifice, no meat offering, and no drink offering. Um, Of course, uh, we have the blood of the sin offering of atonements was to be put upon the horns of the altar of the incense once a year. Once again, the blood of the sin offering of atonements was to be put on the altar of incense once a year, and that would be Yom Kippur. So, everyone, we are at the altar of incense right now, and, and I want to uh, read to you where we can find the altar of incense uh, and, of course, the uh, pans of incense or whatever. In Revelation chapter 8, verses 1-5, through five, I want to read that to you in the book of Revelation. Once again, the pattern that was given to Moses can be found in heaven. Let's read it. It says in Revelation 8, chapter 1, And when he had opened the seventh seal... There was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne." Wow. So the Ark of the Covenant, Ryan, with the uh, cherubim and the angel's wings is like a backrest. So there is the throne of the Lord right there. And there's the altar of incense right in front of the throne. It's before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Wow. The prayers of the saints. Verse 5. And the angel took the censer and filled it with fire of the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. This is the same thing that was going on at Mount Sinai. I'd like to recommend to you, Ryan, that we are we are praying the Torah. We are praying God's perfect will. The kingdom of God is at hand. It is near. And so I, I believe as we look at this, we can see where we are at the altar of incense, prophetically speaking. People are maturing and growing, Ryan, because if, if we were to go into the inner court, the menorah represents the Holy Spirit. And there's only one Holy Spirit, but there's other spirits. And so if we have a right spirit, we make our way over to, in this inner court, the table of showbread. Once again, a double crown all the way around this table. In case you fall off or get, get over one wall, there's another wall, you know. Uh, two double crowns on the table of showbread. And what, what's represented here? It's a table of gold, a table of fellowship, Uh, a a table of intimacy. There's 12 loaves, which represent the 12 tribes. So there's your identity. Of course, the seven branches of the Moors is the Holy Spirit. Seven branches are seven spirits of God. Now we have the Holy Spirit. We come to the table, Ryan, you and I. We have a right spirit. And of course, the table of showbread. Uh, The showbread is changed out every Shabbat. So at this table, you have not only fellowship, but a right spirit, but you have fellowship with the bread because we're likened to unleavened bread. We have the tribes. We have identity. And we have Shabbat at this particular place. We're at the right place at the right time. We have the right spirit. We have, of course, the menorah. Now we move to this table, Ryan. And I'm telling you, and I've, and I've seen this confirmed, we are moving towards the altar of incense, everyone. Listen, quit praying for, for cars and refrigerators. Pray the perfect will of God. My greatest prayer, my one prayer that I pray all the time is I pray for the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. God has put too much into the house of Israel. He's put too much into the tribes to disregard them, to forget them. Listen, if Yeshua is our high priest, then these tribes are on his heart. These tribes are on his shoulders. He, he bore the sins of the world upon his shoulders. He bore that, that, that board. He carried that cross. So I don't want to hear this, he's not going to do it or he can't do it or it doesn't matter. You know, the tribes are not lost. God knows where they're at. And those of you that are listening to this podcast, he has separated you. He has sanctified you for such a time as this. Take it to heart. Take it personal. Get away from everybody else. Be that son and daughter of God that he's called you to be. You know, I'm learning this. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. But it's time that we become his sons and his daughters, and he loves it when we can just spend time with him and love him. And so, so uh, in in conclusion, here we like to to finish off with that. Uh, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion Tetzaveh? You shall command in Exodus chapter twenty-seven, verses twenty through chapter thirty, verse ten. From a consensus of the group, what two things do you have, Ryan, to share in closing this wonderful portion?
0: All right. So uh, the two things that we came up with. Uh, the first one had to do with the the clothing and the protocol that, you, you know, in order to enter into the presence of God, you had to have the right clothing on. Um, and then I think that there's like a... Like a standard? Right. Good. A, a protocol, standard, yeah. Um, and so we said, always be ready to meet the Lord. Uh, d- depending on your eschatology, you may think that the coming of Jesus Christ is imminent, or you may think that there's ten more things that have to happen. Here's what I can tell you. We should be ready at all times to meet the Lord, and that means spiritually. Put on your armor Get yourself in the correct uh, frame of mind. uh, Do the things that you have to do in order to get right with the Lord. Uh, Always be ready to meet the Lord. The second thing was, uh, had to do with the uh, anointing of the right ear, the right thumb, and the right toe, and that was, listen to God. Do what He says to do, and go where He tells you to go. Be a servant of the Lord. The last will be first, and the first will be last. The ones that serve, are the ones that will be exalted in the last days. That's it. The, the, think about it. The altar of incense. You know,
1: we boldly come to the throne of grace, so you're not trying to get into the Holy of Holies. Yeshua gave us access. The temple veil was torn from the top to the bottom, everyone. And even this, the, the Roman soldiers saw this. And, and so truly this was the Son of God, you know? And here's a guy that's been immersed in Greek mythology and Zeus and Dionysus and everything. And, and so here we have it. And so I'm telling this to all of you, We have to pray God's perfect will. You know, if if the Valley of Dry Bones becomes an exceeding great army, Ryan, which we are a part of, an exceeding great army came out of Exodus, an exceeding great army is being lifted up out of this world right now, out of the earth, to serve His purpose and His glory. Amen. For righteousness' sake. And so He gets all the glory. And that's what we're seeing now. The two sticks are becoming one, Ryan. We're starting to see the two sticks come together in Ezekiel after the Valley of Dry Bones. And this is an exciting time, everyone. Cherish it, love it, doesn't worry whether people get it or not. And be a good witness, be a good ambassador of Christ, be a good servant to those around you, because you got nothing to lose. And be reminded that we are to be kind to strangers, because once we were strangers in the land of Egypt. So be kind to strangers.
0: Boom. All right. Guys, thanks for listening, man. What a what a, a great podcast this has been. I mean, this study of the of the garments for the high priest, there's so much richness. We we scratched the surface today. Uh, hopefully you guys you know appreciate that, uh, that there's just only so much time uh, for us to do this, uh, but I think that you guys should take these things and, and dive in and read it for yourself because there really is some richness in the, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you about it uh, and how it's relevant for you today and in your life. Uh, if you guys want to reach out to me, uh, if you're safe from one of those cities I called out, and I want to hear from you. It's Ryan at ToPraise.net. Ryan at ToPraise.net. Love to hear from you guys. Uh, and uh, hear about your prayers, what's going on with you, what your feedback is, what um, you guys are interested in, all those kinds of things. Uh, if you want to call the office because you need something from us uh, from an admin perspective, you can call at 813-654-2222. Uh, and then as always, at 1 o'clock every Saturday, you can live stream our services at 2 or on any of our social media sites. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.